0: This episode is sponsored by our friends over at Lake Bowen Baptist Church. Pastor Brad Atkins and his team want to do three things. Deliver the gospel, disciple the Christian, and deploy the Christ follower. I love that. Build up and send out. Lake Bowen Baptist is located at 404 Sugar Ridge Road in Inman, South Carolina. You can check out their ministries and all the opportunities to serve by going to lakebowenbaptist.com. Again, that's lakebowenbaptist.com. Welcome to the I say all that to say this podcast an outreach of impact sports international We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach the lost and the forgotten Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here's your host John Andrews Hey guys, and welcome back to our podcast. I say all that to say this. I'm your host John Andrews We are continuing our series called Coaching is Leadership and Leadership is Coaching. A few years ago, my wife and I were asked to speak at a leadership conference about coaching. I had prepared for a room full of coaches, you know, those men and women currently on the sidelines with whistle and mouth leading young people every day. But those people were actually the minority in the room that day. I knew I had to adjust on the fly and thankfully God put these words in my mind. If you're not currently on the sideline training young people in the ways of your particular sport, it's okay because coaching is leadership and leadership is coaching. And as I continued to speak to the group, I had to walk out these words right in front of them in order for it all to make sense. And what I thankfully was able to explain to them that day is to be a great coach, you have to be a great leader. And every great leader must be a great coach. The principles are the same regardless of whether you're on a field or a court, a living room, or a boardroom. I heard someone say one time that if you're out front leading but no one is following you, then you're just out for a walk. A good coach calls out the best in those that they coach. A good leader does the same. A leader helps people become more than they ever thought they could, and a coach does exactly the same thing. Different styles and strategies work for different coaches and leaders, but there are some keys to leadership and coaching that are universal. During this series, we're interviewing different coaches in different sports, asking them about their leadership successes and failures, and what they have found to be the cornerstones of leadership. Today, my guest is Clarice Garcia. Welcome, Clarice.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be connected with you. I appreciate your time.
0: Well, uh, I, I appreciate your time even more. You were on vacation uh, about seven time zones away and had to get up early to do this. So I appreciate you being with us.
1: <laughs> it was worth it. I got to see the sunrise. <laughs>
0: uh, Clarice has coached women's basketball, women's college basketball at every level. Uh, early in her career, she was the head coach at Palm Beach Atlantic University Division II School. She's been an assistant at Alabama, Wake Forest, and most recently Auburn University. And just a couple of weeks ago... Clarice was named the new head coach at Charleston Southern University. Congratulations on that, Clarice. Uh, Thank you. We're excited to have you in the state. Um, All right, so that's enough bragging. I know that makes you uneasy. Uh, But I first met Clarice uh, back in 2011. Somebody connected the two of us, uh, knowing that Clarice was, was someone who would be perfect for a trip that we were putting together that summer for Southeast Asia. Uh, Clarice went to Southeast Asia with that team, and then she also went again a few years later to South Asia, um, and joined that team as well, using her coaching expertise to build relationships and reaching people for Jesus. Uh, Clarice, thank you for coming on. I know you're on vacation, and so we want to, we want to get right to it. I want to ask you this question. How many total years, without giving away your age, how many total years have you been coaching?
1: Yeah, so I've been coaching 14 years. I had to do the math on that because it feels in a lot of ways like it's been not that many. And I'm about to enter my 15th year.
0: You must have started when you were 15 years old then, huh?
1: <laughs> That's what a lot of people say, so I will take it. <laughs> I tell everyone I'm 25 for life, and I'm sure at some point I'll have to bump that up. But as of right now, I'm going to go with it.
0: When I was introducing you, did I miss a stop on your coaching journey?
1: Yeah. Um, don't think so, unless did, you didn't mention Auburn.
0: Nope, I did. So you went straight to Palm Beach Atlantic out of college?
1: Oh, no. So I was at um, Seton Hill for two years okay. and then Stetson for one year.
0: Not to be confused with Seton Hall. You were at Seton oh, Hill. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. We used to get all their recruits yeah.
0: and
1: get a film exchange. It always was confused. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I I, uh, I made that mistake once upon a time as well. Um, so tell me, so you've been coaching 15 years. You've been, if my, if my math is correct, that's six different colleges in those 15 years. Uh, tell me about your sports background before you started coaching. Yeah. So
1: I've always had a passion for sports. I played pretty much everything growing up. And when I was able to start playing in grade school, um, it wasn't until sixth grade and I really enjoyed basketball. And so I really wanted to play basketball and in fifth grade coach to yeah. let me play. And so he didn't. He said, you know what, you gotta wait till you're in sixth grade. So I ended up playing and having to do cheerleading instead. So I was yeah. definitely not as great of a cheerleader as I thought. I was definitely yelling at the refs, coaching the team, literally just standing there watching the game. <laughs> so my humble beginnings in basketball had roots in cheerleading, and that definitely was not my calling.
0: I, I can see that. Um, most most <laughs> cheerleaders, um, well, I may get trouble for saying this, but most cheerleaders don't know enough <laughs> about the game to know what to yell at the referee. Um, so it's, it's interesting that your coaching roots were there, even when you had pom-poms in your hand. Um, so right. <laughs> tell me, tell me about playing, uh, at, surely your cheerleading uh, career didn't last that long.
1: <laughs> it did not. So then I ended up playing, um, grade school, high school, and then ended up playing at Villanova for four years. So, um, uh, it was it was great. It was a great experience. Um, it's definitely where I was able to kind of hone in and learn the game at a, on a different scale and at a different level. So.
0: And where did you grow up?
1: Uh, yes, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. I'm originally from Colorado, but I did grade school and high school in the Pittsburgh area. And okay. so for me, Villanova was across the state, so it was far enough away from home, but close enough to still visit. So it was, right. it was a good decision.
0: But still Big East, right?
1: The Big East, yeah, okay. that was the Big East was the legit Big East. So right. now it's you know different league, but gotcha. We don't go
0: there. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me what made you go into coaching? So you you're, you played four years at Villanova, uh, Villanova, and then you decide at what point that coaching was for you?
1: Yeah, I think on maybe two occasions when I was playing, people asked if I would get into or consider coaching, and I was like, absolutely not. Um, I was studying to be a broadcast journalist. I wanted to be on Sports Center, and so my whole ambition was geared, you know, to do that and to talk about sports, and so that's what I literally thought I was called to do, and so long story short, the summer I graduated, I had an opportunity through the head coach who was at the time at Pitt um, coach Bernardo reached out. Um, I had actually applied for a position on the men's staff um, at University of Pittsburgh and Jamie Dixon was there at the time. And so I connected with women's coach through camps and just playing in the Big East. And I said, hey, you know, I applied for this spot. And she said, well, men typically hire men, but send me your resume anyway. And So I did, I sent her my resume and like two weeks later she called and said, Hey, you know, he's going to hire a former player. And I mean, that was like a standout, all big East, great big time player. And me thinking I could get that job is actually kind of funny now that I'm in the profession. (laughs) But anyway, so she called and she said, um, Hey, my best friend is a division two head coach. She was the head coach at university of Miami forever. Um, and you actually played against her your freshman year at, um, Nova, she was the coach there at the time when they were still in the Big East. And she said, hey, she's at a Division two school here in the Pittsburgh area and needs a grad assistant. And she said, if you get in it and love it, then you have um, your foot in the door and if you get in it and hate it, you'll get your master's paid for. And so I said, you know what? I'm an opportunist, so that sounds like a win-win.
0: Uh, and so you, you got your grad uh, degree paid for, but you decided not to do the sports journalism side.
1: Yeah, so I ended up Sticking right into coaching after that grad assistantship, I had another opportunity to coach down at Stetson and I definitely thought maybe at some point I might career switch and I've I've done some um, color commentary before and just some other things on the side with that degree, but for the most part, it's been coaching. So
0: So that's sort of your coaching journey, but what's kept you in coaching for all these years?
1: Yeah, honestly, the good Lord, Um, an opportunity. He keeps opening doors for me to walk through. And even in this last transition, I said, you know what, God? I said, you can keep me in it or you can take me out. I just want to do what you want me to do. And he obviously has fun fit has seen fit for me to stay in it so that has been exciting for me and and honestly I appreciate that he has and I appreciate that that's the journey he's placed me on because the relationships I've built with players and the opportunities to just do things through basketball that otherwise would not have been possible are it's just unbelievably amazing what he's been able to do um just with you know him saying you know here's what I want
0: you to do. And I said, yes, hmm. it's pretty simple when you break it down. Mm-hmm. The, the premise of this series that you're a part of, uh, is to be a good leader. You have to be a good coach and you have to be a good coach in order to be a good leader. And so I want to ask you this question. Have you found that to be true in your coaching career? And if so, yes. how,
1: yes no that is uh definitely true and i think the older i've gotten in this profession you know the more wisdom you get <laughs> just being around great people and learning from some really awesome uh, learning under other awesome leaders and i'm big on alliteration so forgive me for i it. love making things streamline um so just what I've come to learn. And like I said, the people that have poured into me, my different mentors and whatnot, um, as far as leadership is concerned, you know, you have to boss yourself, you know, if you Hmm. can't lead yourself well, you can go only so far, you know, because at some point who you really are will come out and I've just, I've seen it happen. And, you know, you really just have to take the time to have introspective analysis, take the time to figure out who you are, who you're going to be, what you're going to be about. And then I feel like when you can do that, you can lead well because you're already able to boss yourself around, hmm. um, you know, along those lines, you know, then building a good culture, you know, based off of those values and the philosophy you set. And it, again, it goes back to knowing who you are. And I, I've seen it where people are doing this really well, who, both have who either have their identity in sport and who have their identity in Christ. And it's interesting because some have been successful both ways, but you know, you kind of take a step back and you're like, are you, are you as successful if you don't have Jesus? You know, Mm -hmm. we were reading in Luke 13 yesterday and Jesus kept asking, but have you repented and will you receive me?" Basically was the question, you know? And so, you know, Part of that then is, you know, going off of your philosophy, what you value and and building the culture to support that, you know, you have to believe in yourself and believe in others. Hmm. You know, belief is massive. It's huge. And for me, obviously, it starts with my belief in Christ. And that's my root for everything, you know, and, and my support for everything. But then understanding who he is to me, it helps me see others and believe in others in ways that maybe others wouldn't. Um, And so then, you know, with when you're around people and you bring people around you, you want to be your best and you want to push and encourage them to do the same. Mm -hmm. And so when I work with my players, I know what I put forth as a person and as a player because I want to do it all for God's glory. I want them to reach that level as well where they're really putting forth and putting out there everything that's in them. And then the last thing I'll I'll kind of touch on with that is just bringing others along with you, Hmm. you know, whether that's around you in the community, whether that's someone you're going to mentor. I've always heard the expression, you know, everyone needs a Paul and everyone needs a Timothy. And the Pauls in my life, the mentors in my life have been awesome. And John Andrews, you've been one of them. And so I appreciate you because I feel like you're a champion of pulling people along and, and pulling, you know, moving the needle, pulling people along with you. Um, because, as you know, leadership at the top is lonely, but you can pull people along and, and pull, pull people into your circle as mm-hmm. well.
0: That's good. So, uh, the, the purpose of this series is to, obviously we, we all have a sports background, a love for sports, um, impact sports. It's not impacts business or impact, uh, broadcasting or anything else. Uh, Lord knows broadcasting was not (laughs) what I intended to do. Uh, but you, I want to take what you just said in a in a coaching sense, and I'm going to reread it mm-hmm. to you and everybody else, yeah. uh, but tell me what what aspect of leadership does this not apply to? In any setting, any context, uh, you must be able to, you said boss yourself. All right, lead yourself, mm-hmm. be disciplined. So boss yourself. You want to build a culture. Believe in yourself and believe in those that you lead. You said you want to be your best and require the same from your team, and you want to bring others along with you. Now, what aspect of our culture, uh, if you are serving as a leader, does that that not apply to? I think the answer is obvious. Uh, there's not one. I- Uh,
1: yeah, (laughs) I think, I think it's a blueprint. I think it's a blueprint.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there's another B for you. Oh, blueprint, build a blueprint. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. so let me, let me, this is what you want to do. Uh, you didn't say anything in that last little bit about wanting to fail. Right. I don't think anybody wants to Mm -hmm. fail. Nobody wants to. (laughs) Nobody sets out like, man, I hope today's awful. I hope I'm terrible Mm -hmm. today. Right. But sometimes our losses are our best teachers. Right. Yeah. Our failures Mm -hmm. uh, show us the most about ourselves. So let me ask you this question. Can you tell me uh, of a coaching failure that you've had that you've learned something from? And if you, if so, what was yes. that lesson that you learned?
1: Yes. And I had to kind of think on this because I'm sure there are many both on and off the court, but I think the one that pretty much stands out to me the most and what God really worked on my heart through probably one of the, probably the most, maybe not the most, but he definitely worked on me through this to just bring understanding and wisdom to me. Uh, I was recruiting this player when I was at Wake Forest and had gone in very early with her and her family and built an amazing relationship, you know, and it, she was the kind that the first couple conversations, they were like one or two words. I probably did most of the talking got off the phone. And was like, that was a great conversation. I probably did all the talking. <laughs> and so, you know, probably a couple conversations, maybe, you know, month or so into it, she started to really open up and it was just cool for her, for me to see, how she started and she would start talking a lot more. And before I knew it, I mean, we would have these like hour, hour plus long conversations. Mm. And we talked about God. We talked about faith. I mean, we probably talked about basketball in, (laughs) in some capacity, but it was really honestly just this. I just felt that it was this really cool mentorship in relating. And, you know, it, it got down to where she had her final like three schools and it was us and Rutgers and I can't remember the other ones. And I remember we were sitting outside this one gym um, and she said, hey, Garcia, I got to tell you something. And she told me she was going to pick the, pick Rutgers. and we both just started bawling mm. because you know her chance to play for Vivian Stringer, I get it. Vivian's you know Hall of Famer, she's awesome.
0: I, she's I totally
1: understood. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. It's not like she's not you know very successful herself, <laughs> and so we obviously kept corresponding and and maintain the relationship. And and in her life, I ended up serving as kind of like this big sister mentor role. Mm-hmm. And to date, I mean, we are still super close. You know, we've we've talked through situations, we pray through stuff, and she's in her twenties now. And I think back at what kind of, you know, hindsight is 2020. And what's crazy is I didn't even know what was next in my future. And her freshman year was my first year at Alabama Wow. or at, um, I'm sorry, at Auburn. And so I would have never coached her. Wow. And so, you know, you just kind of look and, and see God's hand and, and all of all of it. And so for me, what that taught me, and I thought it was a failure because, you know, you don't get the recruit you want, you think you're a failure and did something wrong. But what it really taught me again, going back to the big picture of where we're we're winning souls for Jesus at the end of the day, Jesus, what God taught me through that was just that it's not always about you know, coaching the ones you think you should coach is about creating the relationships that he's designed and he mm. he wants us to. And and what he taught me in that was, you know, a lot of times in coaching you don't get the opportunity to plant, water, and harvest. Mm. You know and that's sometimes just within coaching your specific players but what he has shown me with with this specific relationship is just that you know what you can like he's shown me that i don't have to coach her to do the plant water and harvest oh, wow. process and so it really kind of helped me understand if a kid doesn't pick me or my school there is a bigger picture and it's not necessarily that I'm a failure. It's just that there's a better fit or a different fit that God would have for them.
0: Hmm. That's good. Um, just missing on a player, but establishing, mm-hmm. establishing a relationship that lasted far beyond school. Um, yes. I like that. So let, let me ask you this final question. Uh, and I've been asking all the coaches the same question. Um, and you may have a, a lot more than just three but i want to ask you <laughs> in your opinion what are the three mm-hmm. centerpieces to coaching in your opinion in in your uh culture in your uh mm-hmm. approach to, to to uh coaching what is what are the three centerpieces what are the three non-negotiables for you
1: yeah, so I even in my press conference for my new job, I told them I was going to march in my mantra and likely in heels, um <laughs> of degrees leaders, <laughs> degrees leaders and champions and how that I've done that in the past and what I did, you know, as a head coach in the in the past was build a culture of care, competition and championship habits and I will rest on that till the day that I die that good culture where you foster that competitive side, but you show them that you care while teaching them how to do things the right way. It's really unbeatable. Mm.
0: All right. Say it again. You went through that. You went through mm-hmm. that fast care culture yeah. and, mm-hmm. and what
1: care competition, competition. and championship habits
0: care, competition, Mm -hmm. and championship habits. I'm taking notes as we're talking because this is good stuff. I hope everybody (laughs) else thinks so as well.
1: Oh, You're awesome. You're awesome. Well, I just, you know, again, as you get older, you know, I've you know, I've learned to see myself as an educator and I'm, I often think of, okay, how do I, how do I educate others? And for me, I just remember, you know, again, alliteration and whatnot. My family says, you know, they've never met someone that loves adjectives more <laughs> than me. So there we have it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wanted to figure out, okay, who am I? What am I about? And the things that God puts in my life, I care about deeply, whether that's people or tasks or projects and he has wired me to be so competitive like we were climbing this like rock area and i didn't have the right shoes on and i was bad at myself because i didn't have the right shoes on because i wouldn't finish first it's just <laughs> something that's ingrained in me like i my old roommates we would we would all go grocery shopping and I was in this competition that they weren't even in. They didn't even know about, but I wanted to find all my groceries first.
0: Like, <laughs> they didn't know you were I was competing, competing with them. them. and they, No, yeah. they had no yeah. idea.
1: No, they had no idea. But I literally just, you know, wanted the satisfaction of just finishing first. And that's just how I've always been. My family won't even play Monopoly with me. So there's that. <laughs> um, that's a whole nother podcast topic about curbing your competitiveness. <laughs> but yeah, and then just championship habits. I just think about, you know, what do I try and do that, I want others to do and how can God get the glory through how he's made me and wired me.
0: So, hmm. Well, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. I was going to say this a second ago and you just did. Um, God cr- uh, created us. Um, I think it was Max mm-hmm. Lucado who said it first or that I read first, God created us on purpose. So he, mm-hmm. he made us the way he wanted us to be and he created his own purpose mm-hmm. for a purpose. And I'm just picturing eight-year-old Clarice in a cheerleading outfit, yelling and fussing at referees. And now here we are, uh, <laughs> however many decades later, we won't say that out loud, uh, and Clarice is on the sideline yelling and fussing at referees. But uh, that's that's the mm-hmm. way God created you. God wired you that way, and you saw it early, mm-hmm. and we've seen it late Um and I just, I think that's a beautiful picture.
1: It's funny because my mom would say, when are you going to out outgrow basketball? And my uh, my family would say, you know, when are you going to leave college? Because technically I've never left college. I've stayed in it ever since I graduated. So <laughs> You're on the 20-year plan. Yeah, they just laugh at me. And I just, here we are.
0: <laughs> well, Clarice, thank you for uh, joining us today. That was great stuff. Uh, not to knock anybody else has been a part of our podcast, but you're the first person I've been taking notes from as we're talking. Uh, so <laughs> I have a pre, I have enjoyed this and gotten a lot out of it. Um, it's easy to see your heart and uh, your desire to grow young women that are under your leadership. Uh, and you've had a, mm-hmm. an impact on young women's lives that you'll never see uh, the depth or reach up. Uh, as you talk about mm-hmm. that, that young lady who chose Rutgers over Wake Forest and you've stayed in contact, mm-hmm. but you missed that uh, face to face time with her, you never know where that's going to go. You never know who she's going to influence and impact as well. And so I don't know that that's anything that any coach is ever going to know this side of eternity, the influence they've had. Mm -mm. So I say all that, I say all that to say this, uh, (laughs) coaching, coaching is instructing and then empowering. There's no better picture mm-hmm. of that than Jesus. He had 12 guys with him all the time. Perfect number for a basketball team, by the way. Uh, training right. <laughs> them, pouring into them, modeling for them, and empowering them. Uh, just look at the Great Commission, the command that Jesus gave those men just before he had ascended into heaven. In Matthew 28:18 and 20, he says this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name Mm. of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I have authority. I'm giving it to you. I have been empowered. I'm giving it to you. Now go. He's equipped them. Mm. He's empowered them, and now he's sending Mm. them out. That's a perfect picture of coaching to me. Uh, I've coached Mm. you. Now coach others. I've led you. Now it's time for you to lead others. So Mm -hmm. thank you again, uh, Clarice, for joining us. As a reminder, guys, we'll be releasing these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, and some of this may not make sense, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports and our uh, what we do, but most importantly, why we do it. Also, please share this podcast with anyone that you think may be interested. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast. Rate us and follow us on social media. And join us next time as we continue our series called Coaching is Leadership and Leadership is Coaching.